Hey, what's up, y'all? And welcome to episode five of Chillin' with Kofi. We have a great guest for you today. He is an ex-Overwatch flex support player and now is the host of the Dustin Bowerman show. It's Dustin Bowerman. How are you doing? Hello. What's up, Kofi? I'm doing good, man. Can I call you Kofi, by the way, instead of Kofi? It just sounds kind of... I like <laughs> sure. it. it. I yeah, just came it. up with it like two seconds ago. <laughs> I've gotten... I've gotten so many nicknames like over the years that Kofi is totally like what? fine. What? Um, What's the nicknames? Kofmeister. Um, Kofmeister. Yeah, I've gotten that. That's my aunt who calls me that. Um, middle school was coffee. <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> you don't. Why do you don't like coffee, dude? Coffee is just. It's not the. It's not the good one. Honestly, it's like my. Parents, what do you so mean? My, it's not. A, I didn't. I don't like coffee. It, some people call me that. I'm and just coffee like, also mm. doesn't start with a K, too. It starts with right. a C. So it also, on top of that. Right. And so people go, Kofi, you mean like coffee? I'm like, no. No. Can I call-? <laughs> people go, can I call you coffee? I'm like, no. <laughs> That's not how it works. They're like, you're like, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, can I? Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're good. Okay, okay, good. Double checking. Before we get started into this podcast, I want you to share where people can find you on the internet, just in case people can follow your usernames and follow what you are doing on the internet so they can follow along while listening to this podcast. So where can they find you? Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose if you just look up like Dustin Bowerman with like two T's, you'll probably find any, any of everything. Or if it's like either that, or you look up Dogman overwatch, it's like, there's still, there's still conflicting, you know, Google results basically with the whole thing, but anything revolving around Dustin Bowerman or Dogman is usually, you know, how you'll find my my show or whatever else pretty much on youtube twitter everything but tiktok i don't have a tiktok so i mean you know we're <laughs> you missing out. Do, you have a, do you have a tiktok kobe <laughs> yeah i do no i haven't you do how, yeah how much do you post there oh uh, probably like now once it, i have like three thousand followers on there so probably like once every two days i'm getting the hang of holy it holy shit so <laughs> Yeah, you're getting it. You're not. You're not feeling like a boomer on the platform. I do feel like a big boomer on the platform. I'm t- like, I'm so scared of Gen <laughs> Z because they're like, they are. They yeah. were about that action, man. Like, um, they bought. I Wait, think, that's me. Are you not Gen Z? I'm twenty. Millennial five. I'm twenty five. Is that is twenty five like, Gen Z? That might still be Gen Z. Oh, that I'm might little, be Gen Z, dude. I'm still scared of Gen Z. I'm regardless. Look it up for you. <laughs> That's you, man. What do you mean? You can't. You no can't way. be scared. Wait, no 1996. Way. No, I'm 1995. See? There's n- oh my God, you're a millennial. You're the edge of the millennial era. <laughs> I'm like the last of the millennials, man. <laughs> you're the last of them, dude. Yeah. How does it feel to be a millennial then, instead of a Gen Zer? It feels good. I mean, honestly, but we still <laughs> get we still get hate from like the boomer era, and they they think that we're like. They, people think that millennials are like lazy and not hardworking. I'm like, no, the the stack of cards has just been against us for our entire lives. But Gen yeah. Z is and, like, and now we have GME. You know, <laughs> GME. We can we can we can go up to the moon. Gen Z could take down a uh, GameStop and <laughs> scare Wall Street. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> whatever Gen Z puts their mind to, they We're can they can do it. Honestly. So I want to talk about how we like got to know each other. We got acquainted through the fantasy basketball league with Clinton Yates, the fantasy oh, league yeah, yeah. that didn't finish because of, no, uh, I kind of gave up. But I gave, I gave up after a couple of weeks. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, when the and when I uh, gave up, and when the pandemic started, the fantasy basketball just ended. 
So that so oh, we never did? know. Yeah. I, so we never know who actually won. Oh my god. I was not doing good. Were you actually <laughs> doing good in it? I was you second. actually know what you were doing? Yeah, I was second. Oh the my key- god. So you you're actually winning. Yeah, I was close. The key to fantasy basketball is like you have to set your lineups like every day. You can't it's yeah. fantasy football, you yeah, set it you yeah. set it once a week and then you're good. Or maybe once or twice if you want to do Thursday night football and Sunday night football. But fantasy basketball, you have to yeah, yeah. do literally every day. And if you don't like keep up with it, you're just going to lose off of that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you have because people will fall off. People won't be as good as they were in the preseason and stuff or like in the previous year, actually, even yeah. fall off in basketball. But basketball is <laughs> pretty fun. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned Clinton. I mean, because I, I met Clinton at a, an event. It was actually an Overwatch League event. It was the Philadelphia one. It was like the the finals. Oh, the grand finals. Yeah, it was the it was the grand finals. So he was there in the Overwatch League grand finals in uh, what is it? It was at 2020. Was that 20? No, it was 2019. I think. I think it was still 2019. Yeah, because Barclays was Barclays of 2018. I think maybe. I think they had. Did they have yeah. one in Barclays? Yeah. Uh, yes, that was that was the original one. That was mm-hmm. 2018. I think you're right. And then you were at. Titan Shock, yeah, Titan Shock. I was, we were there, and they pretty much had like an event where, because Overwatch League is a, I get because uh, some of your listeners probably don't know what Overwatch League is, I suppose, or right? They probably do, but um, Overwatch League is basically like uh like the NBA or like some sort of league system that's already existing, but in video games. So like in this game called Overwatch, which is a you know FPS shooter, six versus six, basically uh, game. They have a whole league around it, basically. And then Clinton, Clinton, and a bunch of other reporters were at an event at the Philly Grand Finals, where um, it was myself and like two other pro players that were basically talking to him and a bunch of like other reporters, like general, you know, sports reporters. You know, what I'm saying like old, like yeah, old white guys. You know, what I'm saying that are there to report people like on uh, baseball or whatever. Like they don't know jack shit. So right. I was kind of there with these other pro players to explain, you know, like our pans to pro. And like what happened and shit like that for like fifty or so reporters, basically. Do you find yourself having to explain like the esports realm a lot? I mean, not right now, not these days. Uh, but it is good. I think like the best people that can explain, you know, stuff like especially esports related stuff are the people that I think can explain it and like dumb it down in some way. I guess if that makes sense, just because yeah. it's kind of it is kind of complicated to talk about. I suppose. So I just kind of made it like I can explain something like I would to my grandpa or my grandma or something like that, you know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, just yeah. like to like some old person that doesn't understand. Yeah, that makes sense. So we're going to take a step back and talk about how you got into both video games and sports. So what inspired you to try out getting into sports and then what got into video games? I know you have interest in both. Yeah, I mean, a typical, I guess, typical life, you know, getting into when I was a kid, probably just getting into soccer, getting into football, uh, played a little bit of basketball. I didn't really grow into that uh, frame, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I mean, like everything else, even even the sports frame, you know, I just played everything. But it, like, because yeah. I, I kind of transferred from sports to, to gaming more when in high school, they were like, OK, you're not fucking big enough. You have to be bigger, you know, to actually <laughs> play football. Right. And yeah. I was like, oh, OK, all right. You know, and then I just decided to get into gaming. And then it was kind of that path where I was like, I didn't play video games because nowadays with esports and with gaming, you can kind of like, it's obvious you can like make money doing it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, 
But at the very beginning, I was more like uh, I wanted to just play games for money and just do that kind of stuff for money because I I don't know, it, like just the social sphere, sphere, I suppose, was the route I wanted to take. And it seems like pro gaming was like the fastest route to doing that. <laughs> that was the only really, like there wasn't like a massive like there was passion behind it. But right. Because there's a lot of people that are passionate about playing like games at a professional level. But I was like, OK, how can I do this to benefit me in the long term? for you know other shit that's not just playing video games professionally <laughs> yeah and and your parents were and were your parents on board with this or mm. oh no 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 i mean i don't know i wait i wasted their money you know I, they were pretty much like okay so out of high school i guess to kind of phrase it so like i'm gonna my, my parents were like a middle class uh family basically yeah and since i was a kid they basically were saving money for me for college um and they were pretty, they pretty much said, yeah, it was that route. And then mm-hmm. they said, uh, okay, well, you know, you need to go to college or you're kicked out. And I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> Cause I wanted to play games <laughs> instead of, yeah, you know, going to college. So I, I pretty much lied to them for like a full year while I was technically going to college. I wasn't actually doing it. And I, and I was like Photoshopping my grades and stuff <laughs> like every six months to show them for college. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't exactly. The best yeah. situation. So then they kicked they kicked me out. <laughs> Find out. Uh, well, okay. The, I got away with it for six months. They, it was fine. <laughs> and then the la- the next one, the, the second time they asked me to do it, my de- they noticed because like at this point my like my anxiety was high. You know, like I was doing this for like an entire year. It was right, like yeah. getting fucking up. So like every time I saw my parents, like oh shit, dude, they fucking yeah, I feel I'm that. wasting their money. And then like a year later, you know that I, I showed my dad. I'm like shaking, trying to show him. And he's like, what's going on? You know. So then I show him and then he's like, uh, and then I had like the Photoshop picture up and he's like, scroll down, scroll down. <laughs> and I was like, I can't scroll down. It's a picture. <laughs> so that's when they found out. Is it, they just found out it was a picture and told me to scroll down, dude. Oh my it's God. Dude, having to keep up like that big a lie away from your parents, like that just, it just weighs on you heavily. Like, are you an only child? Yeah, I'm an only child. So I'm, yeah. you know, kind of lucky, I guess, in that regard, but very spoiled for that for sure i am too and i feel like when you have to yeah. sometimes you, but sometimes you have to keep secrets away from your parents because it's for the best because sometimes they don't believe yeah. you you know um but or yeah. sometimes because my parents so what happened was i my parents didn't want me to like work in college that was the big thing they didn't want oh, really? me to, like they wanted yeah. you to do both they no they wanted me to yeah, that's what that's what they probably did right they worked in college um and they would they would have their yeah. job. My parents did not want me to have like a working job in college. What happened was my sophomore year. Oh, okay. I was um, I was working at a Greek store. I was a social media coordinator for like the they make Greek hoodies and all that stuff. So I was a social media coordinator for them. That was like yeah, a part time yeah. thing. And then, um, but they would let me do internships and stuff during the summer. But they said not during like school or whatever. So, so I get an option to intern at ESPN's The Undefeated, which is uh, ESPN's new um, African-American race and sports site. So I was meeting up with uh, Kevin Merida, who then was the managing editor for The Washington Post. He would come over to the University of Maryland oh. and he would give all he would give speeches and he would give advice and stuff like that. And you just like walked up to him to meet him. Yeah, but I knew I had known him uh, from my freshman year because we took his son around for a tour of the University of Maryland. He ended up actually going to Arizona State, but we still kept in close hey. contact. Yeah. 
So he ended up going, he ended up uh, keeping in close contact with um, him afterwards. I was like updating him on what I was doing, like how, I'm like, how's everything? And then yeah, yeah. Um, my junior year, I didn't have an internship going into the summer. So mm-hmm. we were talking, it was me, Kevin Merida and Rhiannon Walker, um, who works at The Athletic now. Um, and oh, okay. Kevin was like, what do you guys, what do you guys do in the summer? And I was like, I got nothing, man. He's like, how would you like to come work for me? And I was like, yeah, say less. That sounds great. <laughs> right. Oh man. Yeah. So, yeah. so that summer the undefeated launches and I was, uh, my title was technically an associate editor, maybe assistant editor, one of the two, um, at the undefeated. And then I asked to get my contract extended into the school year because I was like, yo, this is such a great opportunity for me. I want to keep this going. Yeah. So they granted. So Kevin granted. He was like, yeah, we can definitely extend your um, contract or whatever. Didn't tell my parents this. Oh, I kept, no. Yeah. Um, and then in December, like late December, SB Nation calls and they offered me a full time salaried position. Um, they were getting a social media team uh, ready for their website. So they just messaged you or did you like. So I so I knew the boss of I knew the social media manager of SB Nation. His name was Michael Katz at the time. He's no longer oh, at SB, okay, he's no okay. longer SB Nation. But I had known Katz again from the University yeah. of Maryland. He would come over to talk to students and we just kept in touch for about three years. He calls and he's like, hi, I got this social media opportunity. Um, you'll have a salary. And I was like, what? And I'm, he- I'm hearing all this over the phone and I'm like, oh, I still have a semester of college left. So my choice was either yeah, yeah. I was either accept this full time job or put it off and for the semester and risk like losing it. So I just accepted the job. And yeah. then my sophomore, no, sorry, my second semester of my senior year, I worked full time at SB Nation while having like while being oh in college God. never told my parents yeah jesus because that's like well college is four years i mean there's bound to be something right. that happens within those four years like this especially in the especially in reporting and anything social media related like it, you, it doesn't wait the internet doesn't wait for you right i mean you have to kind of take those chances like you did right where you have to like you know go to sb nation almost when you're done with college basically Right. And I, I knew that my if I told my parents, I feel like they would have been very hesitant and it wouldn't have been even worth the stress. But I knew in my heart that I could do it myself. I was like, I know that I can do this. So I'm just going to. Yeah. yeah. And look, there's a semester left. All, I planned my entire college schedule that second semester around my job. Oh, what, really? Yeah. I had hours that I didn't really enjoy it was 5 p.m to 1 a.m thursday to monday but like i'm a college student that's always up until 4 a.m didn't really matter at the time yeah yeah. but then i didn't tell my parents this until a year or two later they were like what and i was like yeah so (laughs) it's like by the way i was doing this the whole time yeah and i graduated so i was like do anything about it right it's like once you you got your my degree got sent to their house i'm like thank you guys for everything and you i'm see you later i accomplished what i what i was there to do get a job in the industry so yeah, they yeah. really they really didn't have anything to nitpick their own the only thing that they wanted yeah. to say was like um something about taxes but i was like okay well i don't know what else. Like, i don't know like, eh, it's whatever. like whatever 
<laughs> so, yeah. but I mean, cause it's like different. That's, that's like a different, like, uh, like path. I get, cause like from what I hear from people that have, you know, siblings and stuff is different than only child, like the only child life. You know what I mean? Like, cause you don't really learn. Yeah. I talked to my mom about this on the first episode. I told her, she said that there was so much more stress on raising an only child because what if you just like get the one chance and mess it up not like pervert yeah, like, yeah. well they get the one chance and then like you yeah they over they overdo it you have the ex- when you have more kids you have you the first one's like you have then you have the experience to then raise the second and third ones you know what to do and what not to do but when you're i guess when you're raising an only child you just like going through the motion no you're not going through the motions but you're like just trying trying shit all the time yeah it's trial yeah it's trial and error yeah and then like by the fourth child they don't give a shit or whatever but i mean like we're <laughs> we're only children anyway so right do you always did you ever want a brother or like sister um uh, never really thought about it but like oh, okay okay but trying to like play around the neighborhood was harder i feel like or trying to like find kids in the neighborhood to play with or yeah because you have to go out your way to do it yeah and it's like in when you have when you're the only child you get twice the attention you know like your mom will come in and you're like okay i'm doing this and you're like your dad will come in 20 minutes later and you're just like don't you have yeah, anything yeah. else to like do and it's like no we're off work. you're our, you're you're our focus you know so it's like stuff like that did you ever feel that way yeah goddamn helicopter parents dude all the time even <laughs> yeah, yeah there's <laughs> Just watching over your shoulder the entire the entirety of fucking your life. Maybe it's not bad. Could be worse. Yeah, it could be worse, definitely. So you yeah. get so you get kicked out of your parents' house. What do you, what are you thinking? And what do you do next? Well, well, that's why I got pretty lucky. That's why. So basically, after because this was for a few years, I because I, I didn't make the Overwatch League season one. And that was unfortunate. So that was kind of like the area where I could have gotten in at, but I kept kind of going. Um, and then that's where I would have had a steady salary, basically. So I missed right. the first year of opportunity to have a good salary. And then it was like during the college era with with them. And then I got kicked out, but I got lucky in that I knew one of my friends that lived in Utah. Yeah. Uh, I knew somebody that like, so he watched my stream, my Twitch stream and stuff like that every now and again and kind of knew me that way. And he's like, hey, I can offer you a place to live, basically. And then I went to live with him in Utah for, for what I thought it was going to be like a decent little bit, but it was like for six months where at yeah. first it was like decent, but I didn't have a chair. I had to like game in like a love seat, if that makes sense. Or like one of those fucking like big, you know, like the ones that like extend out or whatever, like the yeah. legs extend out. I yeah, had to like game a- in one of those. So I had to like arch my back like a fucking ape, like to just play <laughs> games and like to try to compete. So like my teammates on this team that I was playing on, which was like a tier three team, like not getting paid or anything. It was like a free team, basically. They had they bought me a chair during that situation. And then I don't know, that that was a weird situation, bro. That was like during that time I was like going to the because I, I was I was only relying on my Twitch stream at the time, which my stream wasn't like massive or anything. So but it was just like, I don't know, maybe like a thousand dollars a month or something like that. Like I just had coming in while I was living at this guy's place. So I had to like, and I just, I never ate in either. So I, not only was my, you know, <laughs> funds not coming in that great. I was also wasting my money at fucking like McDonald's and Burger King or whatever for like six months. I would just eat like the, the true gamer diet, you know? Oh my <laughs> like God. Wow. Six months. And then like, you know, a few months in our fucking hot water goes out, you know, like, I don't, I was like, 
I was oh, asking geez. my roommate, like I was asking him, I was like, Carter, what the fuck happened to our hot water? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. The plumber needs to fix it. And I'm like, okay, sure, man. It's like, yeah, sure. Our rent is probably fucking not getting paid or something right now. And yeah. then like a few, then four months down the line or whatever, our fucking toilet gets clogged by him or whatever in the bathroom. So now we don't have a working toilet or hot water or anything like that. And then I'm just like, ah, shit, dude, you know, fuck. And then, <laughs> I'm just like for my, and then for like my social aspect of that in that entire time, I would like just go to the gas station and like, I had to like, I had to get close with the gas station attendant. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to get close to this guy and like become yeah. friends with him because I was using his bathroom so much because my bathroom <laughs> was broken. I had to use the, the, the 7-Eleven bathroom that was like, I don't know. It was like a, a short walk. It was like maybe like 30 second walk because it's like at the end of our apartment. They use their bathroom, basically. Oh, my God. And that was all in the span of six months. So, good <laughs> learning experience, you know? Good time. Yeah, man. That sounds absolutely crazy. Well, it was like an, enough time went by where, where my parents, like, eventually, you know, became more understanding. So, they were like, okay, you can move back in, basically. Like, we got to pay rent. And then I was like, okay, sure. And then I think they came over. They drove over from Utah, basically. And then they opened the door, and then my mom said it was like the worst smelling fucking apartment <laughs> you could ever like walk in. She said, "She said I don't, I don't, I won't forget it ever in my entire life. It was the most disgusting apartment or anything I've ever smelt." Did you try to like like call a plumber, unclog your ain't, or are you just like this is an L? I couldn't, I couldn't because Carter said that the the uh, the apartment complex like weren't allowing multiple people to live in one of those places. Like he basically. Oh, okay. So what happened? Like I should have described this. Basically. Uh, he doesn't like small rooms or something. So yeah. he he slept in the living room of this okay. place. It was a one bedroom like uh, place pretty much. So he gave okay. me his bedroom. And oh, then I wow. just had like a, a little inflatable bed that kept popping on me, you know? So I, you know, that was my <laughs> yeah. little living space. Um, But yeah, I, I don't, I think that was the question. What was it again? Did it revolve around that? It revolved around uh, if you, if you are, uh, if you tried pl- um, calling a plumber or something. And oh said, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, they would. He he said they wouldn't let him, but oh, it was geez. probably just because rent was past due and he just didn't pay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So from there, you make it to contenders, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the Overwatch tier two scene, basically. Like the right. what would that be like in sports? Like equipment? minor league baseball? Yeah, like minor league baseball or something like that. You know, like the G League. So how did you like get in contact with the team, and how did you try out or? Uh, well, it's just because, like, I guess over time in, in esports, you develop connections through, you know, just playing with anybody. Like at first, if uh, when you're getting into it, because I think it was one of your questions, is that yeah. uh, when you're first getting into it, you kind of have to just take anything. So like the first event I went to was an event called Agents Rising at the very beginning of Overwatch in 2016. And I just like went to Reddit to find a team, basically. I was like looking for team. I need team to play with. Or I was looking for people that were looking for people, basically. And yeah. then through doing that, through playing it with these guys at this land call in Agents Rising, then I met, you know, a few other people. And then like you just kind of play the game more, the higher, you know, you get in the ladder or whatever. Um, yeah. the more people you meet, you know, the more good players you meet and the more they notice you, I guess. And then you get tryouts and then it kind of snowballs, I suppose. How much you how much of it do you think is networking? Probably about fifty percent. But I I mean, like I guess it's it's uh, the way I see it is like if you're your skills, I guess, do the networking, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, your, yeah. how well you play in trials and how well you play in general will usually get you noticed to some degree. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to be some super social guy. If you're a fucking good player, 
you know, people will reach out to you or whatever. You have to at least be aware, you know, of tryouts and all that stuff happening. Yeah, that's true. And then from contenders, the Overwatch League had two expansion teams. One of them was the Atlanta Reign, and they signed you then on. Yeah, yeah. So there was like, uh, let's, so let's see. I think I don't know how many there was, but the Atlanta Reign. Uh, there's 20 teams in Overwatch League now, though. So yeah, that's I, all that matters. I mean, there's there's 20 teams. Atlanta Reign was one of the 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 teams in what 2019? Yeah, yeah, 2019. I think um, so. So that's the season two of Overwatch League, I guess. And then, yeah, they, they signed me, basically. And um, I kind of want to pull back the curtain for people that don't know what the routine is for esports pros. So, mm-hmm. like, what was your daily routine as an Overwatch League player? So we were pretty lucky because the Atlanta Reign had, a like, a big old mansion. Like, it was like a... We lived in, actually in the same neighborhood as Wayne Gretzky. That was the fucking... Oh, that's sick. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was the place they had. And I think there was also, like, the... Red Bull CFO or something like that living on it. It was pretty cool. And like they had a, anyway, the, it was just like this big $20 million mansion basically that we lived in. Yeah. And for me, I was by like the, I didn't have an actual bedroom. It was like a living room. It was like the fireplace area. If that makes sense. Like there, it was like the fireplace. There's like, there's a massive stair. You walk into the front door. There's two staircases that go up to the second floor. That makes mm-hmm. like one on the left, one on the right. And there's an open space to go back. But mine was right next to the front door because it was like the living, it was like a living room basically. And then, so it, we had to put up like curtains to act like a door. Uh, and then we had to put up curtains because there was also next to my room was also another bedroom. Yeah. Except the connection between that room and my room was a door that had like glass windows. So you could see through them basically. So I could see my teammates before we actually, you know, when we go to bed and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, until we hung up curtains. So I don't know. I would just wake up uh, <laughs> and then I just share a bathroom with one of our Korean players, uh, brush my teeth, you know, and then luck. We had a chef at the time. We had a, we actually had a, a nice, he had like, he was a pretty good chef. I think, I don't know how much he's getting paid, but he was like a top tier chef. Really good. And then yeah. he would, he would cook us breakfast. So we just have sausage, stuff like that. Eat. Then you just sit down, just browse the internet or whatever. And then scrim, just practice a little bit. He'd cook us lunch done with scrims, done with practice. And then he'd cook us dinner and then we would do whatever, but you know, sometimes cause we, we had a hot tub and stuff like that. So sometimes we go to the hot tub. Sometimes we watch VOD and stuff like that. Watch, uh, old games and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, usually, you know, the average day wasn't very exciting. It was just kind of funny whenever there was drama or whatever in the house. Cause it's just literally like fucking like 12 or 13 degenerate, like fucking kids. <laughs> they're just getting paid a lot of money to play video games in a, in one mansion. And this is when you guys were all in uh, Los Angeles, right? Was every team was every team in Los Angeles? Yeah, they were. Ba- so we had to. We were in Thousand Oaks, but everybody was based in LA because. So yeah, so we were we were all competing in in Burbank. I think no, I think it was Burbank. It's called the Burbank Studio. Some people live closer. Some people live live farther. We lived about an hour away. So every time we had a match, we had to drive like an hour away to, to every match every week, basically. So yeah, that was, we lived in LA basically. Yeah. So you go from playing in LA mm-hmm. and then season three starts and the goal was to have different homestands and Overwatch League kind of participated and they had a couple of homestands that started and then pandemic happens. You guys yep. are in limbo and then you finish the season virtually. Yeah. yeah. How, how was that whole process when, going from homestand to virtual how did that weigh you guys down um and how did that like affect you guys 
I guess like to to put it in perspective, kind of the big reason like why I'm not in Overwatch League anymore was part partially due to the even the very beginning. So like even before uh COVID nineteen started, it was like to me when I was watching Overwatch, I was like, okay, the viewership isn't that great. You know, I was like, I was looking, I was like, okay, is it actually sustainable? Sustainable, you know? And for me, if I'm not like that confident in something, you know, I like try to look for another route, I suppose. Yeah. Um, even dur- so during that entire time that was happening and then COVID-19 happened and then that kind of compounded on top of um, what was already happening, if that makes sense, like viewership wise. And then, yeah, I guess I guess because like there were lands in the very beginning, like there were events where people could go to and watch and then we would fly out to um, yeah. like we, we went to. At the very beginning of Overwatch League Season 3, we flew out to Houston. There was like a couple of thousand fans. And that was pretty cool. And then after that, we had we went to like Washington, D.C. And then there were some fans there. And then COVID started happening. And before we left for the second trip to Washington, D.C., because we basically went from Houston, our schedule was that we went to Houston for a tournament. And then another week, we went to Washington. And then another week, we went back to Washington. Yeah. So before we left to Washington, we were noted this is when COVID-19 started happening. And this was, if you remember, in the news, they were like, oh, Washington, D.C. is getting hit by COVID right now. Like, what the, f- like, this is the biggest wave of COVID we've seen. So before we actually left to Washington, we were seeing this kind of shit in the news. We're like, holy fuck, what's going on with fucking Washington right now? You know, this was before people actually started taking it massively serious. So this was like the very, very beginning. So Overwatch League still flew us out. And there was like nobody there. There was like 10 people in the fucking crowd, like watching the game. And... <laughs> Well, it was. It made sense because COVID thing was happening. So we were like, okay, what the fuck's happening? And usually these things are packed. Yeah, usually they're pretty packed. Um, yeah. So then we went back home, and and then you know everything happened, and then we go online, and then that's just boring. Playing video games online is not as fun, at least professionally, as with having a crowd and having you know people cheer for you and like an actual sports event. Like that's fun. How long was the limbo period? I don't remember. It was like maybe. I want to say a couple weeks. They had pretty fast turnaround, surprisingly, compared to everything else. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have a faster turnaround compared to like the NBA and like Major League Baseball, which took like. Yeah. We just got to play video games online. It's not like (laughs) it's not that hard to do, I suppose. Yeah. So do you guys think that that affected your play any anyway or? Yeah, I think it affected my play. Like I said, I personally started to care like less. And once you start to not care or whatever, like your play will dwindle. Yeah. Like I just wasn't. in it, I suppose. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't trying to be a professional player at the highest level anymore mentally. You kind of checked out? Yeah, I kind of checked out until I realized my job was on the line. And then I played fucking hard as shit for like a week while I was potentially being replaced. And then I got my starting position back and then I just coasted again. So I'm, <laughs> I'm very much so I, I work hard when I have to, but when I don't, then I just fucking coast like a little bitch. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like in esports, the room for error is like smaller. Yeah, because yeah, but you could play all day. You know, there's not like you, you people, at least the Korean players that are in the league that are very much like at least everybody in the league that's hardworking. You know, they'll play like 12, 14 hours a day or something like that of just Overwatch of just video games. And I can't fucking do that. And I just I can't compete with that shit anymore. Yeah, that's so much effort. People are hurting themselves, hurting their wrist. They're fucking not even they sleep in for like three or four hours and they get back on for an entire day without even eating. Like they maybe eat like one meal a day. And it's like, bro, I can't. You can't That's not a life. That's not a life, bro. You're just fucking no life in this shit. Goddamn no lifers. (laughs) Don't want to deal with it. Uh, Here's a question that I have, honestly. 
what what do you think the Overwatch League could better do to build up the brands and personas of new players that come into the league? There's, I, I think it's tough. I think that was specifically they need to learn how to market their Korean players because at least for the West, like watching the Overwatch League, because, okay, for, for people that don't know, basically Overwatch League is like 80, 90% of them. Like there's 400 something players in the Overwatch League yeah. and like 80 or 90% of them are all Korean. So they have to figure out how to market Korean players through a language barrier, through, through like social barriers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they kind of have to figure that out. And on top of that, at least the Western players, all the most like all the most popular ones, all the ones that like like XQC, um, some of the streamers now, like uh, I don't know, Seagull, like these guys were in the league in the very beginning, but then they chose streaming over Overwatch League because it was just like better in terms of you know output and income and stuff like that. It's like it just worked yeah. out better for them to be a streamer instead of playing Overwatch League. So it's tough because the people they build up want to leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like. They're like, okay, it's time to go. It's time to do something else. Except the true competitors. Like, you still have, you know, Super for the San Francisco Shock. He still loves competing and stuff like that. There's still people like that that are that are at the top and still want to compete too. But yeah, I mean, personally, I was like, I, I don't know if they could do much more. They just kind of have to learn how to market the Korean players, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And I, now I want to transition from Overwatch League to what you're doing now, which is hosting the Dustin Bowerman show, which is at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. Yep, every every day. Yeah, every day, bro. Now, I did say it's every day, bro. (laughs) Sorry. I had to throw it in there. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You originally had a podcast (laughs) called Ultimate Advantage back in 2017. Now, when you first started that podcast... Was that a just for fun thing or were you trying to set the early stages for something like the Dustin Bowerman show in the future? I, 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 I don't know. I think I just started it because, I mean, I, I don't know if you're in a similar boat, Kofi. I'm always like looking at like other, well, what? I don't even know why I started it. I was just like, maybe this is what people want. Maybe people want a podcast because there wasn't shows or anything like that for Overwatch in the very beginning. So I was right. like, we'll make this a thing. And then I did it for like five days and I was just a terrible host. So I was just like, all right, I'm just done, you know, <laughs> but I think I, did, I just did it in the first place because there wasn't really any, you know, shows or podcasts in Overwatch. I mean, and then that was that you're right. That kind of was the route for what it is now, because I've always looked at esports and gaming like I've always watched multiple games at the same time. Like I always watched like Counter-Strike and the Dota at the same time or whatever, like at least two games, two esports titles at like the same time. And I've always wanted to do something with that. So I was like, okay, there's not like a centralized. I mean, ESPN did like a centralized thing where they had shows and they had episodes or whatever. But there really wasn't like a daily live esports show, at least weekdays that I noticed. And then there was, you know, I saw people like Pat McAfee doing it for the NFL. And I was like, okay, there could be something like this in esports, you know? So none of my ideas are original, though. It's just like, it's literally (laughs) just like a combination of what I've seen. And that's what, you know. No, I think but, most people are doing that now. There's not really an original idea out there, is there? No, a lot of ideas take inspiration from other places. As long as you like put your own spin on it and add your own flavor to it, it's fine. Yeah, like, it's, uh, yeah. You're 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 saying right now. You're saying Pat McAfee show, but esports. Yeah, yeah and then that's also, fine. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff like the small things I take from other shows as well. Yeah, but, I mean, but that's like taking inspiration and stuff. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. If yeah. artists didn't take inspiration, there'd be like no art. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you that's that's. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. That's the exact same, you know, thing, especially for, cause I mean, like I've watched 
because we talked about this. This is kind of where we relate a little bit. Is I watch like a lot of sports too. Like I like esports, but I still I went like the opposite path almost. Like I was massively into esports, and then that also led me to then becoming a sports fan and like an NBA fan and stuff like that. Just because, like, because I never liked the NBA or whatever um, right. until I started to pay attention to storylines and that kind of stuff. Because there's a lot of drama in the NBA. It's so much fun to watch. Yeah, it is. And then that was kind of how I got hooked into that. So it's like I've, I watch a lot of sports and I also still watch a lot of esports at the same time. So it's like a lot of shit. Do you think that you watching sports has helped with uh, how you view esports or no? Or does um, it does not affect it? I, I want to say yes, because there's a lot of good ideas that people bring to sport. I don't know. Like there's not a lot of, I suppose, there's not a lot of really like the, the interesting personalities or at least news wise and stuff like that is not. It doesn't happen as often, I guess, as the NBA does because there's everybody's like fucking scouring and there's so many players and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if it directly translated. I think the interests, I guess it did kind of in a way where it's made, I guess, realizing the storylines and stuff like that easier or whatever. But I, yeah. I don't know if it's directly like helped or anything like that. Okay. So what is your your show's process? And I want to talk to you about the team behind it. I know that it's yeah, not yeah. just a, it's not just a one man show. So I just wanted to understand, like pull back under the curtain and see uh, what you guys are doing and what your daily like schedule is. So, yeah, we, we have Alberto is like the main guy that does our directing. He's like our directing uh, dude. We, we pretty much. So have you used VMix at all before? VMix? VMix. So it's like a uh, it's like a higher quality streaming platform that you can have like multiple guests on. You can do like your own layouts and stuff like that. It's like OBS, but on crack basically. Oh, um, shit. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we, we use that uh, where he uses that with his transitions. He has a bunch of like uh, extra stuff to basically show through there or whatever. Yeah. Like it, it just looks a lot nicer because it's what the, you know, top shows or whatever, or top like channels do or whatever and stuff like that. So he runs that stuff. And then, um, Siren is our like producing manager, so she gets guests set up for the show. She looks for sponsors. She manages us and and you know tells us the direction or whatever that we have to do. Um, and then we have Samantha, which is our like research head. She pulls up all the articles and the news and stuff like that, and like a Google Doc and stuff. And then we we kind of go off of that. Um, and then Anthony and Max are just my friends that I have on the show. They're like my <laughs> childhood friends that you know. I just yeah. want to chat with. No, that's dope. I was gonna, I was gonna potentially get people that weren't like my actual friends, like people on the show or whatever, or like as my, I guess, co-hosts. Yeah. But I figured it would be more, you know, like genuine to add people I actually, you know, care about a lot more and have natural synergy with. I suppose. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So then, yeah. So every day we basically like. So since since we're live at three p.m. Uh, PSD, we like at two we kind of organize everything. Like at two, we kind of find all the news. We put it in. We've been working a little bit to, to do it earlier, but then we developed the run of the show basically then, which is just the the way the yeah. shows ran. And then we start the show at three and then it runs for an hour. And then we usually have a guest on after that, that I booked over the course you know, of the weekend or whatever. I try to like reach out to one guest a day basically to see if they'll come on the show. And luckily, I guess, you know, playing professional esports, you know, people are at least more inclined to come on than not being a pro player, I guess. Uh, I got lucky. 
yeah, you're using your, your history and like all the people that you've like grown up with in this space in the past and they'd be like more than yeah. happy to be on your show. Yeah, that's that's sick. Yeah, I'm lucky. Yeah. There 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 are awesome people that have been on. There's been some I've had some good guests on so far, so it's been it's been interesting. And then afterwards you cut the highlights into like little clips and stuff for YouTube yeah, yeah, and you everything. Can, you can see back here. This is my setup. It's kind of it's kind of it's kind of innovated, Kofi. I, I don't know if you're interested. So I have <laughs> I bought this I bought this MacBook Pro. I bought this MacBook Pro. I'm, I, I'm showing visually, but you can't see audio audioly. And <laughs> I have it. Is that not audio? What, you, what would you call it? It's not audioly. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, I, I don't know. I virtually, <laughs> but I have I have this up in the background where I have Final Cut. So yeah, our 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 uh, director uploads it. I open Final Cut. I rotate the laptop so it faces me, and then the desk is between me and my actual like setup, my my regular setup with yeah. my PC and stuff like that. So I I flip it around. I, I edit it here. I put all the stuff, and then I upload it to YouTube. And on then on this one, I do Photoshop, and I do on my main computer, I do Photoshop, and I do the edits to the description and the thumbnails and all that kind of shit. I do that on this one. Are you self-taught Photoshop and Final Cut? Yeah. I mean, I just kind of look things up on YouTube and then I like kind of see yeah. some shit or whatever. And then I just kind of paste it, copy and paste. I don't do the exactly the right thing, obviously. That's but, the best, you know. but that's, that's the best way to learn, kind of. Cause I'm, I'm learning After Effects right now. Oh, that sounds complex. Yeah. After Effects is basically like <laughs> Photoshop for video, kind of, in terms oh, yeah, of like yeah. all the... And um, I was talking to like a, a video effects person and they were like, yeah, you can't really learn after effects, like through tutorial, like through just like, you can't learn like everything af of after effects at first. You kind of yeah, have to yeah. like search for what you want to do. So like, if you want to yeah, like yeah. make fire come out of someone's hand, you like actually have to like research how to do that instead of like yeah, starting yeah. at like phase one, phase two. But no, that's really dope that you're like learning how, like you're editing and doing all of this stuff yourself. It's really dope. So, would you recommend After Effects then to learn, or is it like actually uh, useful? You don't, you don't have. To. I use it for this podcast in terms of like you know how they have the podcast preview with like the sound waves and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned how to do so that. Have, oh, that's so that cool. Was a, so that was like a four minute tutorial. But in terms is that of like, like an auto thing, what do you mean? Or is it like does it auto do the voice waves or you need to actually yeah, individually do it it's like an effect it's like oh, it's okay. called it's called audio spectrum so you just put it on top or whatever um oh, nice. but i don't use any after effects for fumble dimension i just use adobe premiere and then i oh, use yeah. photoshop and then yeah you guys have a you guys have an interesting setup that's <laughs> yeah it's like i don't know what <laughs> what do you like is it on like fucking what's the what's the software called it looks like one of those um Oh, it's really old. Yeah, the actual like uh, transitions and shit like that with oh. all the graphs. So the transitions that oh, the transition with the graphs, that's a uh, John. That's John Boyce's work. Whenever yeah, the, yeah. the charts and stuff with that, he uses Google Earth and iMovie. Yeah, yeah, that's dude, that's ridiculous. That is <laughs> fucking ridiculous that you guys actually use that, dude. And the, it's such a genius thing is that whoever he's like so good at it now that whoever like tries to copy it they're everyone's just gonna be like they're copying john this Boyce. is just gone like yeah that's yeah that's, you're just copying john Boyce. he's a pioneer that's yeah that's pretty cool you can't really there's not many pioneers on in the youtube space like we said there's not many original ideas and that's that's definitely one of them <laughs> <laughs> when i first when i first like found out how he did it like this was like years ago i was like you're kidding you're like no way <laughs> i was like oh, i was like oh I my movie. god no like, that's this ridiculous is, this isn't it's incredible 
It's hard to make something like that. Oh, it is. Sure is. It takes a long time. Yeah. I don't think people understand how long it takes to, to do. No. Well, it's, it, it's <laughs> it, not only that, but it's also hard to find something that's different yeah. in that fucking, in the, in the virtual space, in the internets. Yeah, definitely. Because like there's, they only, there's only recent, like some, some take a while. Some take like a, like it takes a long time before I'm sure John and I'm sure you like, it takes a long time before that kind of thing explodes, you know, or maybe never, you know, yeah, there's like, a chance it maybe never pops off. So are you hip to the, the Mariners documentary that he worked on? Yeah, I've, I've watched it. Yeah. That took six months. That took six months. Yeah. So, wow. ba- so basically what happened is they released in, I want to say May of 2020. He came to us about this in December of 2019. Yeah. So he was like, this is what we're working on. Me and Alex are doing the history of the Seattle Mariners. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, the script is already like 3,000 words. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> they're like, and they're like, yes, this is going to take months. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's, the script is the intimidating part to me. You guys have to write out the whole script, right? And that's uh, fucking, that takes a lot of effort. So for, if I'm going to mention, I write the script as I like record. Oh, okay, okay. Did you do line by line or something? Not not lying, but but like when something happens, like my scripts kind of like read as like journal entries because I'm literally oh, okay. journal entrying um, yeah, yeah, yeah. just so I can cause I capture a lot of footage for the each episode. I have to like write it down then and there or I will forget about it when I'm like yeah, going yeah. through <laughs> um, whatever. Um, so you do it after like you record the footage first. Yes. With the idea. And then you just tell the story of what happened afterwards, basically. Yeah. So basically, I oh. feel like I treat I treat if I want to mention like science experiments in terms of like we have we have a hypothesis. We have a, we really kind of stick to the scientific theory a lot. We have a hypothesis. We have like where we say what the experiment is. We do the con- like not a control, independent, dependent variable, all that other shit. But th- yeah. we're like, here's what we're doing. I'm trotting journal entries as it happens because. That's like, I want to tell you guys what's happening and this is what it is. And then I'll edit the audio and then, then we get to editing. Then we get to all the footage. We chop it oh, down. Geez. We then edit it. So that takes, takes so long months. time. No, for, for, for John, one. it took six months because they were covering like 30 plus years of Seattle Mariners baseball and like going oh, yeah. year by year or whatever. Yeah, mention, the entire thing about Secret Base Lab is that it is like not it's not tedious but it's just, there's a lot to cover yeah it's we there, have, well there's a reason yeah. there's a reason there's not so many people doing it is because it is right. kind of it's it's hard to you know get everything if you don't get everything right you're gonna fucking people are gonna be mad they're gonna be like oh you got this wrong you got this wrong the one that i first saw you for kofi was actually the uh the we destroyed the first one i even saw for you and john and everybody was the uh the we destroyed the nba's future one the one with yeah. the the MB, the 2K thing. I saw that on R slash NBA, I think. And then I was like, oh shit. That was fucking <laughs> funny. And I was and then that's how I started following SB Nation and stuff. Oh wow. How long did that video take? That video actually took me like two months. That took two months? That took two months. And that was like the that was one of the easier processes that we've done. You just done. had to get rid of all of the good players in 2K basically, right? Or whatever, and just replace them right. with shitters. So the good thing about the 2K, the 2K season simulations is that the 2K season simulations take like 10 minutes. Oh, okay, good. Right, the yeah. simulations take 10 minutes. The charting of whatever we're doing might take a little bit more because we're typing everything down. But yeah, then yeah. when you make like the observations, that happens like in between seasons or what whatnot. And then we, so the capturing part yeah, is yeah. what takes the longest in fumble dimension. Now, uh-huh. 
now let's take the the golf course episode where we had to go like yeah yeah, like thousands of entries that took forever yeah you said that yeah that took like a jillion years because you had to go through everybody's maps right yeah you had to go through everybody's maps i wanted it to be as accurate as possible and everything took forever um yeah and then but when you get to all that the when once you get into that editing rhythm after audio editing and you get to just chopping clip 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 audio then the last thing is the music and then yeah, that's yeah. the that's the easiest part finding the music that like matches the video but yeah yeah use the usually you already know long, what music you're trying to use anyways yeah usually if i'm going to mention the the long the reason it takes so reason it takes as long as it does is the amount of time needed to capture yeah <laughs> so it takes a long no, time that's cool no i mean i at least that that was the first video i became fan of you on basically is because of that stuff well and i was wondering for you specifically when because because you started working with john went and were you always like were you originally a fan of his work before you became co-workers that was originally so originally that was in 2019 that was when i that was our first project we ever worked on together yeah um in 2019 yeah and i was at explanation i was a social media producer 2017 but me and john didn't really know each other then because oh, i was okay. working in dc and then he was working he was working in new york gotcha. and Explanation is a very virtual office, virtual newsroom, but we never really overlapped until I was trying to get more into the video space or whatever. And so yeah, I made yeah. a video about. So you guys were in the same company since 2017? Yeah, he's been there for way longer, too. He's been there oh, for yeah. like a long, long time. So I made this video about Barry Bonds basically hitting a ball that the TV camera just loses in the sun and the moonlight and the ball never lands. Like you What's can convince me. Uh, it's on my personal. It's on my personal YouTube channel. Um, so I, I, uh, I upload that video and then John tweets it out. And I was like, oh, shit, John tweeted it out because I was I was a big I was a big fan of like his work. So I was like, holy shit, John tweeted it out. He really liked it. Yeah. Um, so that was so cool because I, I had gone through his pretty goods. I had gone through um, his chart party episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, man, he's making this this cool shit here, like at the same company like that. could I hope that one day I could be able to, like, get to that stage or that level. However, yeah. I knew that I wasn't like I wasn't ready yet. I need to find my own video kind of style. So yeah, that was my per- that was what my personal channel was for really is just to find like your own style and how to like where to take it and stuff like that because you don't want to just like we said you don't really want to just straight copy somebody you want to actually make your own shit and that takes that takes a lot of experimenting a lot of time that you you just don't you can't just be like oh i want to make this great content oh here we go and then just fucking boom like no it's probably a copy of somebody else if you do that and i think that a lot of things that people people a lot of people ask me like how to get into content creation or what i'm like the first thing i say is like look what you make at first is going to be trash. Yeah. It's, it's how you, it's how you respond. It's going, trash. it's going to be trash, but it's how you respond and how you are adapt and improve and how you make it your own thing. That's what yeah, makes yeah. it like better in the long run. Like, yeah, it's the grind I've made like and deleted YouTube channels. I've like, all, I look at my old articles from like 2016 or 2017. I'm like, who is this person? Right? <laughs> it's yeah. like, I, would I say this now? No, but like, you know, just stuff like that. And I think that that's what you're that's what's so good about what you're doing is that you from you've learned from the ultimate advantage podcast and you kind of like studied the industry in terms of and then you're making what you want to make right now, which is so cool. Yeah. I mean, like, like it's everything like I, I talked to you about um, 
like that's what I had to learn. Like I was like, oh, I want to just make, you know, this great content over here too. But it's like, no, it's, it, it has to be more original than that. Like, like it's just a combination of everything, like being more like it's a combination. Like my content is a combination of trying to tell history and trying to also, you know, mix yeah. it up a bit. And like, cause like, I think for specifically for, for what you're doing for, for, um, secret uh secret base and stuff like that is it called yeah. secret base entirely secret base, secret yeah. base labs it's secret base and then the me john and alex we call ourselves secret base labs because we're it's just like a <laughs> different group it's the you guys are the fucking mad scientists or something like that the back smoking <laughs> crack and fucking trying to get some shit to work by hitting like fucking bananas on each other or something no i yeah. don't, like i don't know it's just like i i think the the best content is probably stuff that at least right now unless you make some super original shit it's like uh you kind of have to mash it's a giant mash of shit yeah so because i think specifically for oh, i was gonna i remember what i was gonna say for about um uh like specifically stories and stuff like that like sports stories or yeah or that kind of stuff like anybody can do that kind of stuff but it's it is very tedious it's a lot of work and you usually don't get recognition for that kind of stuff until like years down the line basically and that's the that's why people are intimidated, like like you said, because if they if you make a video, you have to expect it to be shit, but you also have to expect probably the next year is going to be shit, <laughs> like yeah. an entire like years go by of just you not producing good shit. But it's how, but it's how you, it's um, it's like when you realize that it's like, what can I do to improve, or do you just stop make like a lot of people, a lot of people stop creating and stop making stuff before they get good at it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah the process it's a long time to before people get good and yeah. that's why there's not many of them right now i'm sure they'll get more over time but you know it, people are you got to be a grinder you got to be a grinder. I'm stuck in silver it's why you're stuck in silver and overwatch i mean i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't recommend trying to get out to be honest i think you just just stay stuck kofi yeah, i recommend that silver silver is so it's so funny Honestly, silver, silver, gold. I'm like silver, gold. Sometimes it's just a, such a funny elo. Honestly, I thought I thought diamond was worse than than fucking any of those ranks. To be honest with you, diamond. Though, if you make it to diamond, you you'll probably want to just die. It's just not. It's just because they're, they're like because they're actually like trying, trying, like right, try yeah, hard kind of more. It's more try hard, and then like silver is more like a eh, well. Yeah, it's not. It's not exactly ideal. I thought it would be a good idea to to like try to. I mean, I wouldn't have time for this now because with the show, but I thought it'd be a good idea to try to like go pro or like get to the highest level in multiple games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like imagine that, like somebody trying to play multiple games at the highest level. Some people are just good at gaming. Right. Uh, but like you, I'm not one of those people. I'm actually not good at games. It's a, you know, I might be an ex-professional Overwatch League player, <laughs> but I'm actually not good at games. I just kind of, you know, got lucky and also played a lot of the video games. <laughs> That's all it really was. Yeah. All right. So my last question for you and we're wrapping up the podcast. What advice would you give to people trying to get into esports as a spectator? And what advice would you give to the people that are trying to become pro gamers, casters, coaches, etc.? I'd say probably wait. My best idea is just wait for the next big esport because it feels like every five years you probably can attest to this. Seems like there's like a new esport, you know what I mean? Like a new big thing. Like first Overwatch came out, then boom, two years later, one year later, whatever, Fortnite comes out, 
Right. And then boom, a couple years later, Valorant's out now. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'd say, you know, just try to hump, hop on one of these fucking bandwagons. I'd say try to get good at what your genre is. So like FPSs or whatever, or MOBAs or, yeah. I don't know, card games. You know, try to get good at that genre and then hope the next game that comes out is that genre. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, go from there. Like, it just, it just seems like it's kind of like roulette, you know, on what, you know, time-wise, if you're still young or if you're older, I guess, if you go into coaching or casting or whatever. Um, but just trying to get into a community, even if it's not necessarily uh, the best, you know, it's like anything else. Just try to, you know, work your way up, I guess. And don't be afraid with starting with the bottom, even if it like, because it's super easy. Like you can say with videos too. Like when I was looking at the very original, like I was looking at videos and I'm like, oh, this, it's super easy to get like attracted to numbers and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm like, oh man, you know, like when I look at a video, it doesn't have a hundred thousand views like some of these other dudes, you know? And then it was like, okay, wait, you have to like fucking curve expectations, you know, get rid of the ego. And that's it's like anything in sports, esports, fucking videos curve the ego i guess yeah definitely yeah dustin thank you so much for joining me this is a really fun conversation um i wish you the best with your show and i hope it just goes to new and new heights so thank you so much for joining me hey thanks coffee appreciate it fucking <laughs> fucking hell bro <laughs> i had to do it i had to do it i'm sorry for those of you that are first time listeners feel free to give this podcast a review and rating on apple we are also on spotify and youtube this has been episode five of chilling with kofi and i will see you guys later have a good one bye